0: It's Thursday the 31st of August, and this is Demolition News Radio. In this episode, how a bomb disposal company came to be involved in the demolition business.
1: This show is brought to you by Hydroquip, the UK's largest independent provider of on site hose repairs. Call 0845 812 0212 for the 24-7 national call-out service or download the Hydroquip Job Manager app for iOS and Android devices from the App Store.
0: On the 23rd of February 2016, a large part of the boiler house at the Didcot A power station collapsed while it was being demolished. Many were injured and four men were killed. The bodies of three of those men Ken Cresswell, John Shaw and Chris Huxtable would lie unrecovered for more than six months as authorities set about making safe the remaining portion of the boiler house. In fact, today marks the one year anniversary of the recovery of Chris Huxtable. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family, friends and colleagues at this time. When it was eventually decided that the boiler house had to come down, the demolition was handled not by a demolition firm but by Alford Technologies. A company that had built its reputation upon the use of remotely operated vehicles or ROVs in bomb disposal applications. In an exclusive interview, Demolition News heard how the company won this challenging contract and how it used machines to place explosives in an area considered too dangerous for man.
2: Some weeks after the um, the collapse, which happened, the unintentional collapse. Um, We were contacted by a member of RWE and asked if we knew of a way of uh, using explosive charges which could be delivered remotely in order to bring about the proper demolition of Dick It started
1: as an emergency procedure uh, and it was urgent and it kind of morphed into something else as it progressed. Um, From my understanding, uh, people wanted more and more from it. They wanted proof that what we were going to do was going to work. well we clearly proved that what they do previously hadn't worked and the more that we looked into it the more we realized that this was very much uh, techniques tended to be specific to certain companies they probably guard those techniques quite jealously so we basically had to take advice for sure but also make our own judgment calls
0: we inherited
2: a method from the previous contractor and the challenge was how to finish it if you like remotely without putting anybody underneath the building so What had not been completed were a number of cuts, which we could do by linear cutting charges, which again is part of uh, our core business. Then one of the challenges was to deliver a kicking charge, something which would knock the stanchion sideways, uh, that could be delivered by a remotely operated vehicle. So the conventional method is to place explosive charges, bundles of dynamite if, if, if you will, and then surround that with five, seven tons of sandbags. That tamping would have been difficult to deliver by ROV. So we needed to come up with another method, which we did. This company has 20 years or so experience with using water to apply loads on structures or targets. And therefore what we used was our knowledge and expertise um, for uh, firing water, if you like, with explosives to deliver a large impulse to, to the structure. And the, the water keeps down flash is is self tamping. And importantly, it doesn't deliver a very shattering shock to the target, it delivers more of a, a gentle heave, which so that the energy of the explosive uh, is used in moving the stanchion to one side, rather than just shattering it. There was a sequence then of placing cutting charges, and kicking charges to be done by a combination of the ROVs working cooperatively, so perhaps one ROV would lift another ROV up to a place where it, where it couldn't reach, a third ROV would be off to one side, um, giving the operators much more accurate and more useful views of, of, of what they were doing. Uh, and finally they had to place the kicking charges, then a particularly complex part of the operation was to make all the connections for the explosive charges uh, and to debt up, and then finally, they were required to do an inspection of the whole arrangement before the demolition so that we could be confident that it would work.
1: Parameters we had to work with, uh, given the condition of the building and the fact that nobody could go near it, uh, the fact that it was made of steel, uh, really lent itself uh, many parallels with um, an EOD or. A bomb disposal type um, scenario and so it was pretty obvious that it would have to use ROVs from the very start because nobody can go near it um, things would have to be cut with linear cutting charges which we had and we'd also have to find some ways of um, kicking structures to make them move to get the thing to collapse and because it was still most things would be put on with magnets so the cutting charges to go with magnets the complicated part was there would be a lot of charges, so be multiple charges and have to go off in sequence. And it would be a case of how do we do that using ROVs? How do we position it without having so much cable or detonating cord or shock tube across the floor that it would be impossible to use ROVs after a certain point because of the risk of entanglement, uh, ripping charges off, or even worse? So that was really the mission. And the obvious thing was to use magnets to attach the charges. And if we could do that, and if we could reduce the amount of detonating cord or shock tube, um, so there's one end was plugged into the charge, the other end was on a magnet which would pick up the explosive shock wave or could pick up it. So normally you would, you would tape detonating cord together and make sure the lengths were the right length and so on. Well, we couldn't do that because maybe we can go under there. So we shortened in the lengths, and by putting it down onto a small, almost like a circuit board, really which was magnetically attached, that in its own right was an explosive device. So now we can stick magnets on it, and when that detonated, the speed of the detonating cord picked that up and transmitted it to the charges. So it was just a case of making sure that each board and the cha- associated charges, they're all equal length, so all the r had to do was place the charge on the target, it literally picked a magnet up off the back which was attached to the detonating cord, manoeuvred it around, stuck it on the board. That was it, two manoeuvres. And then once all charges are connected to the board, we could then attach remotely
2: um, another initiator. I think the whole subject of what should be best practice for the future has yet to be properly considered and decided. I would say that if you are concerned about pre-weakening a structure, then the use of a linear cutting charge allows you to leave substantial strength in the building and then you can, the, one of the last things you do is place a cutting charge as part of the, of the demolition and it will remove that strength so that you are not exposing people to um, an, an over weakened structure. Uh, in terms of kicking charges, well the kicking charges we used are very neat, they're small, they're compact. Um, whether they would be chosen over the traditional methods I think is yet to be chosen by or yet to be thought about by demolition contractors and each building is probably
1: different Uh, there's a lot of structural engineering involved to be fair to these people so it's very specialist and I think this really is a subject for the HSE because clearly there's going to be a lot of repercussions from this to the layman partially destroying a building to the point where it almost collapses and then doing the last bit by explosives sounds risky and clearly it is there are Though on there have been, I know for a fact, quite a few what they call stand-ups and other failures. That just makes the situation so much worse. So I think there will be a lot of talks at the HSE level with these companies saying, you know, you've got to clean your act up and basically improve things. As a company, I think we'd like to see uh, more use of perhaps linear cutting charges where you don't have to go in there and cut the last bit. You can do that. There's no reason to do that, really. Um, I think the current industry is probably got a very close profit margin, so things are done right on the edge of, of being as cheap as they possibly can, understandably I suppose, but I think at some point they're gonna to have to put their hands in the pocket or somebody is if they want this done safely in the future.
0: To watch a feature length video of that interview, please head over to YouTube where you can check out episode three of Demolition TV.
2: If you would like to
1: help support this show, Demolition News or The Demolition Magazine, please consider becoming a patron. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash demolition news to find out more.